today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. So I had, and I had won a, a, a championship my senior year of, of high school. So I kind of have gotten used to winning and didn't realize that it's really hard to win college games. So my freshman year, we lost like 11, I think 10 or 11 games in a row. Um, just going through like non-conference season. It was, it was like, it was brutal. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them, what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoy today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the off season. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year and finally development we have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new genuine relationships it takes all of the political bs side of the business out of the equation for you all of that gets removed off of your plate you can just worry about being you making new friends in the business and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership on risingcoaches.com. All right, we're going to shift over here to uh, Riley May. Riley, how are you, ma'am? I'm good. I can't complain. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Running a little hectic this morning. Like I, like we talked about before, I had a uh, my little guy Oliver running all over the place, but uh, <laughs> we got him under control. Nice. Uh, so, anyways, Riley, tell us a little bit about your background. Obviously, you're at Harcum. Did you just get the Harcum head coaching job? Yeah, just um, I just got it. We, I, we, I just announced it um, the other day. Actually, I just got the head coaching job for the, the women's team over there. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank um, you. So, I guess before we get into your background, I just I'm going to start asking, like, what is you know, the last month been like for you from like trying to get involved with the job to like where you are today, where you, you got it. And now I'm sure your head's spinning, going a mile a minute, trying to get situated. Yeah. So basically um, our head coach told, um, told me first that she was um, you know, planning to leave. She runs um, a big time training business um, outside of Philadelphia. So she wanted to focus more so on that. And she has an AU team as well. So she wanted to focus more so on that. Um, I always wanted to pursue coaching at a higher level. I was already an assistant coach there. So she pretty much told AD, like, hey, I think Riley would be 
really good for the job. He knows the kids, obviously. He knows knows how the school runs and everything like that. I think he'll be, and I think he's ready for the opportunity. So, the head, the head coach that was on I was on a Friday. The head co- the athletic director called me on Monday and said, like, "Hey, you want the job? The job pretty much is your, pretty much is yours." So, um, it's been a, with everything going on. It's been kind of crazy. Um, we have a bunch of international kids, so my main focus is trying to make sure that they're able to get you know get on campus for this year. Or trying to decide if it'll be better for them to come. We don't start until January, so we're trying to decide whether it's better for them to come first semester and just take, um, you know, be a regular student, take regular classes, or kind of stay overseas until January until hopefully things calm down and just take online classes for first semester. So it's been a, it's not it's not the first couple of weeks I thought I would have for my first head coaching opportunity, but. No, so once a lifetime type thing with this COVID stuff going on. So it's trying to make the best of this situation. Yeah. When you're uh, coming up through the business, imagining your first head coaching opportunity, you probably don't factor in a global pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, Riley, well, take us back, man. Take us back to the beginning and and give us a little background of your story and kind of how you got into basketball and ultimately coaching. Yeah, so um, I've, I've been playing basketball since I was like a you know, kid, a little, real little kid. I never really played any other sport. Uh, my dad uh, coached um, in uh, Brownsville, Brooklyn. So every summer I'll be going to um, – this is a kid who's going to play basketball out there. Um, um, then once to Strasburg High School, we moved to the Poconos when I was like in fifth grade. Um, so I went to Strasburg High School for four years. Played for a really good coach, in, uh, Sean Thornton. He's now an assistant at uh, East Strasburg University. Um Played at Norfolk State down in Virginia. Um, had some success there. Uh, myself, we, we went to the tournament. Um, we beat Missouri in the first round. Um, so had some success in college. My, my junior year, we went undefeated in conference. One of the few teams in the country to do that. Um, then I remember my exit meeting with my head coach, and he kind of asked me, like, would you be interested in coaching? Not just, I had a solid you know, uh, playing career. It wasn't anything crazy at all. But um, I wasn't really interested in coaching at that point. I kind of wanted to try to pursue playing overseas. Um, I played super briefly briefly in uh, in China for about a month, month and a half. I had a crazy experience there. At that point, I was always I was already coaching at uh, Strasburg High School um, as a JV coach. Uh, once I came back, kind of I really didn't want to kind of pursue uh, playing overseas again. So I kind of went in all in on coaching. I was training our kids. Um, I was doing a lot of player development stuff um, with the kids in the area. I was working at hoop group camps and met, uh, met a bunch of people there. Um, I got the opportunity to go down to uh, the skill factory for a couple of weeks. And um, I played with Rob Johnson. I know we had Rob Johnson a um, couple, couple, about a month or so ago. So he invited me down there to um, work out some of his, uh, some of the bigs at a, at a camp. And at that point, I kind of decided, like, yes, I, I really want to do this, pursue this full time. Um, I got an opportunity. One, well, backtrack. One of my kids from Strasburg was getting recruited from a coach at the Sales University. Um, and I remember just chopping up with him, just having a good conversation. Fast forward a couple of years ago, that coach was an assistant coach at Lehigh. Um, and they were looking for Adobo. So he hit up another hit up a mutual friend who knew I was kind of trying to get into college coaching. Um, so I ended up getting a double job at, Le- at Lehigh a couple of years ago on the men's side. Um, it was a great experience working on Coach Reed and um, working with Tony White, Snow Hightower, Harry Mora. Those, those, those are a great staff to work with. We had a pretty good team that year. 
um, kind of at that point, I being on the court, being not being able to be on the court or you know recruit and stuff like that, kind of was was fr- was frustrating. Um, it's, you know, it's tough going trying to go go from a double job to an assistant job because you don't have you know recruiting. You don't really get that much ex- recruiting experience. There's stuff you could do on the side, but it's not true real deal recruiting experience. So randomly, um, uh, this girl I went to prep school with, I, I did a post grad year at Petty after Childsburg High School. A girl that played on the Petty's uh, Petty's uh, girls basketball team uh, played at UVA. Uh, she was working at Harper as assistant. She just got the head coaching job and she randomly hit me up and was like, Hey, I know you're looking and trying to get an assistant job. Would you be interested in being my you know, assistant? Um, so I went for the women's team. I had no, no real desire to coach women's basketball at that point. Um, but I kind of kept an open, kept an open mind about it. I knew I, I really didn't want to be um, a dobo for another, for another year, mainly, mainly for financial reasons, not just not because of the job or anything like that. But um, I ended up getting the job at Harkham and just fell, fell in love with it from there. So I've been at Harkham for three years. Um, and I coached with the uh, Philadelphia Bells as well, AU team. Um, I'm with their uh, EYBL team. So I've been blessed to have some really good coaches um, who, who coached me and I've been blessed to work around some really good coaches as well and to work with some really good, talented players. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I have a lot of questions for you, but let's start off uh, with your playing career at Nor- Norfolk State. Um, I guess before we get into it and like, because I want to ask you about why you guys are so successful. But before we do that, we got to get the scouting report. So <laughs> what position and what, what are we uh, trying to take away from you? If we're getting uh, out of you guys? I was a, I was a five all throughout high school. Um, I always had a pretty good touch. So when I was in college, I was, I played primarily, prim, primarily the four. I was more of a stretch four. Um, if any of our fives got in foul trouble, I'm, I'm six, eight. So we had seven, you know, seven footers, you know, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Quinn is six, ten. Um, so if, they, if any of them got in foul trouble, I'll play a little bit, I'll play a couple minutes at the five, but I was mainly a stretch four, um, pick and pop big, athletic, and then athletic would finish around the rim and stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. Um, and obviously, you guys, you mentioned Kyle Quinn, like you guys had a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, but a lot of teams have talent and they don't go on the type of runs that you guys went, went on. Uh, so, what was it about your program that made you guys so successful? Obviously, Coach Evans, shout yeah. out to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a great job and and uh, in leading that program. And you mentioned Rob Johnson, who now is doing great things with the Skills Factory. But what was it about your culture? Um, honestly, think I think it was a lot of it was just chemistry. Like we were my freshman year, we weren't that good, um, you know, record wise. <laughs> I think uh, not coming from Petty, we just want to stay. Cha- we just wanted to stay championship. So I and I'd won a, a, a championship my senior year of, of high school. So. I kind of have gotten used to winning and didn't realize that it's really hard to win college games. So my freshman year, we lost like 11, I think 10 or 11 games in a row. Um, just going through like non-conference season. It was, it was like, it was brutal. Um, but we always had a really good bond. Like that team was super talented. There was a bunch of pros in that team. But I think as we, the team matured, we got more comfortable being around each other. Chemistry, you no know, grew. Uh, we had a bunch of transfers who weren't el- who weren't eligible my freshman year that were eligible my sophomore year, so that definitely helped. Um, and my sophomore year, Kyle O'Quinn became a bona fide you know, NBA player. I remember our, our first game of the year, we played 
Marquette got blown out by 35 points. We played them two games later um, in the Virgin Islands in um, the Paradise Gym. They made a shot to win the game. So we, you know, we had a really, we had a really good, really good team that year. Um, you know, coaching staff pushed us hard. I remember conditioning being, being, being crazy. Um, it was all about being, you know, mentally, always about being you know, the most mentally tough team. So um, a lot of credit goes to, you no know, goes to them. I remember after we had just won the MIAC championship, we're at the selection sun, we're watching the selection Sunday show with, you know, with the school and everything like that. And on the board, it says Missouri. I remember uh, Coach Jones saying, like, yo, I got the scout. We're going like, to win this game. So we had a, a ton, like, coaching staff put a ton of confidence confidence in us. Like, they let us play our game. Um, and they you know, they let us rock out. I remember watching that game. I didn't play I didn't play in that Missouri game. I remember watching the game. I was like, the first couple, the first couple of minutes, you know, you've been hearing about Missouri all year. You know, Frank Haith had done a great, a great job. They had a couple of NBA players in that team. But, um and I was watching the game the first couple of minutes of the game. I was like, uh, we, we have a, we have a good shot. We have a good shot here. We, we matched up really well with them. Um, you know, Kyle played out of his mind. Uh, we had another guard, Pindarus Williams uh, played really, played really well that game. Um, all of our upperclassmen played really well. So it kind of, everything came together at the, you know, at the right time, but it was all, it was all, we all went through, you know, the ringer, our, our, you know, that, that very, that very first year. So I think uh, all those bonding experiences and, Coaches just having us, um, just making practice really tough, having conditioning being super tough, all the experiences together kind of like it pushed our chemistry to another level. And going with that and our uh, our talent already it helped us be successful, especially that, you know, that, that 2012 year. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, what a great experience. And I can't move on without mentioning, I can't believe I forgot to mention, Harold Rayford was on that staff as well, yep. right? <laughs> one of our guys and we love, we love Coach Rayford. He's doing big things now at Tennessee Prep yeah. as well. So. And now a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As the offseason approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment. At Rising Coaches, we highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. Their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at Dr. Dish B-Ball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. And now, back to Jeremy Grow. It's crazy. Anytime you see a, a really successful team like that, you usually do see like people go on from that team to have a lot of success mm-hmm. in other areas. Um, and clearly, like that's the case yeah. with your Norfolk team. So that's pretty cool. Uh, awesome experience to be a part of that, I'm sure. Definitely. Um, talk to us about the transition to the women's game. Uh, I know you, you kind of talked about how it happened, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot about you. Because people don't just randomly call you and offer you a job. Yeah. Impression <laughs> on uh, your head coach. So you said you went in with an open mind. It was never your intentions to coach women's basketball. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? You know, first experience doing it like. Um. So I have to, I'll have to backtrack to my preps, my high school and prep school days. So my high school um, girls basketball team. My my all throughout high, my four years of high school, they just weren't weren't that good. So kind of. Didn't have a 
a great impression of girls basketball in general. That um, that changed immediately when I went to prep school. Like Petty was was I want to say they won like the ESPN Rise National Championship when I was there. Um, so and they used to play pickup with us all the time, and they would and the girls would be just as good, just as good as the guys. So just being around that and seeing what really good girls basketball you know look like um, that kind of shape that kind of helped me out a lot. I I, I want to go my my first. My, my first conversation with Lexi Gerson was kind of like, you know, how good is the team? How, how good is the team going to be? Like, do we, are we going to be able to win? Um, I, I really want to go in a situation that, um, that we would have, that we can have, you know, success and stuff like that. They just had a kid go to Richmond. They had a pretty good, they had one dis, Juco districts year before. So Harkham has had, Harkham women basketball has had a ton of success, uh, you know, before I even got there. So, once I got in there, it was, you know, it was, it was an easy, tra- it was, it was, it was, it was an easy transition. Um, me as a coach, I kind of like the, I kind of, I don't like looking at the guys game now, I don't miss like the athleticism and anything like, and, or like the dunking and all that stuff like that. Um, I kind of like the T really focusing on footwork and the, ta- the tactical stuff, tactical part of the game. So to me, that's a hundred percent, you know, girls basketball, women's basketball. So it was a, for me, it was an easy transition just because of the things that I enjoy watching, watching, you know, in the game anyway. Um, in my first year, we were, you know, we were good. We, all of our kids got full, got full ride scholarships. Um, we had, we got, to, we were ranked in the country for a couple of weeks. Uh, we had beaten, uh, no top 10, a top 10 team in the country that year. So we had a lot of success my, my, my first year coaching there. So ever since then, I lo- I, lo- I loved it. Yeah, that's great. And women's basketball has better rules. They just do. Dude. The quarters are way better. Agreed. You can advance the ball, right? Yep. Uh, when's when is men's basketball going to wake up and just like I don't know? Just adopt the rules. They're better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? There's a lot more. Uh, games, anyway. There's a lot more gamesmanship in uh, in women's basketball than men's basketball. Just like like you said, like the rules and stuff like that. That's yeah. a, that, being being able to advance the ball. That's a big that's a big time rule. That you know at the end of the game. All right, so you got your own program now. You got to have all kinds of like uh, side out. I mean, that's that's a huge part of the game when you can advance the ball is yeah. having like good uh, yeah. side out of bounds plays, right? Yeah, that's one nice thing about quarantine. I've had a ton of time to watch uh, watch all these coaches put on clinics, clinics and stuff like that from what type of plays they run in different situations. So that's one, you got some right. good game winners in your in your back pocket. I have a couple. I have a couple. Okay, good. Good. What, um, what's been the biggest thing on your mind since taking over as a head coach there at Harkham, which is a big time job, by the way. I don't yeah, know yeah. Been, yeah. Um, one of the better programs in that, in that region. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard the first meeting I had with the kids is like, Hey, like, I want you guys to almost look at this situation. Like almost Harkham is, so Harkham is a beautiful school. Like it's very easy for the kids to kind of get comfortable just being there. But I want our kids to recognize um, like, no, it's treated like almost like a last chance you type situation. I want you to come in and I want you to be hungry a hundred percent, no, a hundred percent of the time because you aren't going to, this isn't your forever home. Like I want you guys to pursue more, whether it's a division one scholarship, D2 scholarship or going to you know, NAIA school. So I want to create a culture where the kids are, are are hungry and competitive and want you know want to get want to get after it. Um, and last, I want to have a you know culture of culture of winning. Like Harkham is, like you said, is a 
big time program in our in our in our area in the Northeast. Um, I'll I'll love to get Harkin to the point where it's recognized the same as you know the Kansas JUCOs, the Texas JUCOs, the, the Florida JUCOs. So I think right now it's just kind of just laying the laying the groundwork to um, to eventually get to the, get to that point. So there's, there's no reason for that Harkham can't get can't get to that level. Our men's team has has, has done that. Harkham men's basketball has a big time recu- uh, reputation. I want to I want to get the uh, the women's program up to that level as well. Had you spent a lot of time over the years putting together your philosophy of how you'd run a program, or have you just really kind of focused on the task at hand? And and now that you have this opportunity, now you've really spent this. Uh, off season, trying to put all that in place. Um, I would say I've mainly been focusing on like the ta- the task of the task at hand. Um, initially, I would have my so initially my plan my plan was to go from being a Harkham assistant to being at a four year school, being an assistant or a video coordinator, or something like that. I didn't I didn't really envision myself getting getting moved up to the head coaching spot um, at Harkham, but I think for me, I kind of. Like I said, like I said earlier, I've had a lot of really good coaches um, throughout my life. Coaches I played for, coaches I worked for. So I feel like my philosophy is kind of kind of a blend of of all the experiences that um, you know that I've been that, that, that I've been around. Um, I definitely being around the JUCO game is very different from like a, being at a Division One school. So how we play and um, and everything like that is a little bit different than. How we played at, at Harkham is going to be, would be different if I was at a head coach at a four at a four year school. So um, I think uh, this quarantine period has been big for me in terms of, of trying to figure out how I'd want how I want to would want to run a team off the court, how to run how to would want to run a team you know, on the court and stuff like that. So I've had a good amount of time this, these past couple of months thinking about you now if I did get that call one day to be a head coach, how how would I run my you know, my program, my system, stuff like that. All right, Riley, last question for me um, is uh, when you do kind of move over to that that office uh, in that chair mm-hmm. and you're the boss and everything starts and stops with you in the program, uh, how, how any strategy for how you're going to manage that, you know, amount of pressure uh, and some people like pressure, some people don't, mm-hmm. but regardless, like any strategies of how you as a human being are going to handle, you know, like navigating all of that. Cause it's a lot of, it's a lot of shit, right? <laughs> I think uh, my double experience at Lehigh's will help a lot because that's a, being a double at divisional level is a, no, that's a big time, that's a big time job. So it's, that's a lot of, a lot of pressure comes with that. Um, I remember being at Lehigh and that experience, you're like, you're always on go. That was kind of like our, our motto with, with the one assistant. Like you're always on go, you're always on call, you're always, it's always your fault. So that uh, kind of having that, bring that mindset over to, you know, the head coach's spot and, and realizing that now I'm responsible for everything. I kind of, now I, I embrace that. I like that. Um, I, our coach from Lehigh actually texted me yesterday. He said, um, asked for advice. He said, no, just be, just be you. Like you didn't get the job, you know, trying to be anyone else. Just be, just be you. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm a fun loving person. Um, I'm competitive. So that's, I know it's going to be me. We're going to have a ton of, a ton of fun at practice and you no know, during games stuff like that, but we're going we're gonna to get after and compete. So that's kind of how I'm walking into that office and how I'm moving over a couple of seats. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm ex- I'm excited about it. It's a new it's a new it's a new challenge. So 
I'm, I'm, I'm ready to ready to embrace it. All right, Riley, if I get on uh, Instat uh, later this year and I watch some of your game film and I see you cussing at your players and your staff, I'm going to call you. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, remember, you're, you're supposed to be this fun-loving guy. That's the plan. No, I'm I can, sure you are. I can play when I yell, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back as a coach, but if I'm yelling, my coaches know, like, I mean, my players know, like, okay, I'm, I'm really doing some shit wrong, so I, yeah, I, I, try, I try to pick and choose when I'm, when I'm yelling at my kids. Absolutely. No, I'm just messing with you. I love it. Mike, great job to you as well. We appreciate you guys jumping on and, and spending some time with us today. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.